Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Hi, welcome Seacoast Vineyard. My name is Lauren. If this is your first time here, you are welcome here. So I am a part of the pit crew. Who knows what the pit crew is? What does that stand for? Pastors, preachers, yes, we are preachers in training. And so I am just incredibly grateful to be a part of a local church body and a movement that values my God-given giftings as a 24-year-old woman in ministry. So you are sitting in a building with a lot of very spirit-filled leadership. Okay, It all started 18 years ago with Tim, Karen, a few key others, pioneered this church into fruition. When I say they pioneered this church, they didn't just throw up some walls and throw in some chairs and called it a day, but they were pressing in to God's calling for the city, pressing into God's calling for this community, and really pressing into God's calling for you. So Tim kicked off our current series. What's coming up in three weeks? Three weeks, what's coming up? Yeah, so our birthday celebration is coming up, and in honor of that, Tim's series is titled A Church That Jesus Would Build. So as you walked in, you should have received a blue index card, okay? What you want to do with that blue index card is in the back of the church, think and pray over one person that you might want to invite to our birthday celebration coming up in a few weeks, and at the end of the service, you can put it up on the wall, and we can corporately pray for those people, All right, so because I have a mic, I get some permission. So we're going to try something together as a church. Who has been to a baseball game before? Okay, so most of you. Do you guys do the wave at baseball games? You guys know what the wave is? All right, so we're going to bring the wave to Seacoast Vineyard today. All right, so we're going to start with this side of the church. Okay, basic rules of the wave are, if there's rules, you want to stand up tall, throw your arms over your head, and then return to your usual seated position. Okay, there's some timing, maybe some rhythm, maybe some style, it's up to you. All right, but are you ready? I'm serious. We're going to do the wave, and we're going to work our way and end with the youth, okay? All right, let's see what you got. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. Wow, okay. That was awesome. So because we're Seacoast Vineyard and we are a grace-filled church, I want to give you a second try because I think you guys can just do better. So this time we're going to start with the youth. All right, you guys got this? Ready, go. All right, come on, just clap for yourself. Just clap for yourself. I thank you for participating in the wave. Okay, so if I was doing that just by myself up here, like if I was like, Woo, 
Like, no way would that be cool. It would just be really lame, honestly. It would be lame. It's only exciting when everyone is participating. No way is participating in the wave passive. And corporate worship is similar. So I'm going to pray. I need it. And I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to get started and talk about how corporate worship is similar to the wave. Let's pray. Jesus, we hunger for the activity of your Holy Spirit. As we see in the life of Jesus, we ask that your spirit would be present here. Would we leave changed people? Thank you, God, for being here. I ask that you give me the gift of teaching. I pray for hearts to be open to receive your word and your truth, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Okay, I'm an Instagram person, and I was on Instagram a few weeks ago, and I saw something that I thought would be perfect for this series as a learning church. It'll be on the screens. Let's check it out. So not going to church because of the hypocrites is like not going to the gym because of -of out-of-shape people. Are you guys reading that? How true is that? How true is that we don't go to church because we've arrived? We go to church because we are broken people in desperate need of a great physician. In desperate need of a great physician. And I'll be the first to admit, I need Jesus. And I need Jesus in you. I need Jesus in you. Yes, I agree that the local church has had its moments. But it's so full of life. It's so full of life. So we are all out of shape here. Some of us are here this morning because we just need this church body to rest. Some of us actually need to encounter God today. All good, all good things. So we're a group of people, a lot of stories, right? A lot of flaws and a lot of joys. So we're going to launch our time this morning from a psalm that has everything to do with worship. It's pretty packed with ingredients. And so if you want to, you can turn to Psalm 149, verses 1 through 4, or you can check out the screens. Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. So a worshiping church is a church that knows God as creator. If you want to track along with us this morning, that's your first fill-in. Knows God as creator. Beginning of verse 2, it says, Let Israel rejoice in their maker. So this psalm is a song of renovation. It's a new song. And it causes us to think about singing, what it meant for Israel, what it meant for God's people, and what singing means for us now. We know almost nothing of the circumstances in which the whole book of Psalms was written, the 150 Psalms. We don't really know the circumstances. We do know they range from songs of praise to deep lament, but the settings of the Psalms, as far as geographical or cultural, are not really there. The settings of the Psalms are interior. The settings of the Psalms are interior. We see in Psalm 148, right before, 
this psalm, the whole of creation from heaven above to the earth below, praising God together. And music was a huge part of Israel's life then, like dancing and singing. That was just the culture then, especially when it was geared towards God, their creator and their maker. With that invitation, we see that a worshiping church is a church that knows God as king. That's our second fill-in. And so we see at the end of verse 2, it says, Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. We all come from different backgrounds, right? And we bring our own history of, base of, yeah, of church worship into corporate worship. So we have different views around spiritual gifts. We have different views around whole life worship. We have different views around the role and style of music, and it still starts to get confusing. I know, I know. It starts to get confusing. With worship, we may even think it's individual. But we want to address this corporately because we have a long, rich history of God speaking to us as a church body corporately, okay? Seacoast Vineyard, we are a part of something so much larger, We are a part of the vineyard movement, the vineyard movement, and we just have a long, rich history, and our DNA is filled with worship. We value worship in the vineyard movement. John Wimber, he was a vineyard pastor and a founding member of the movement. He says, see what the Father is doing. So when you worship, just open your eyes, pay attention to what the Father, what God the Father is doing among us. And so, church, can I just ask you, let's pay attention to what God is doing this morning. Let's pay attention to the Holy Spirit moving in this room this morning. I grew up in a church with a contemporary corporate worship style. In my teens, most of you guys are in your teens, I remember being in your shoes and dreading when I had to stand for 30 minutes after the sermon and just start singing stuff. Okay, most of the time I would just mouth the words, critique the musicians, or just start cringing when people started clapping. Like I just couldn't get my head wrapped around the concept of why when the church body stood to worship, why people closed their eyes, lifted their hands, or even shed a tear or two. It's like they were really into it. I'm like, mom, are they sad? Are they happy? I'm so confused. What's happening? And I look back, and I realize it didn't make sense to me. It did not make sense to me because I wasn't truly reborn and transformed by the Holy Spirit. It was all gibberish to me at the time. So some of you are in this room today, and maybe you have a similar similar thought process. Like, I just don't get corporate worship. I don't understand why we sing together. seems nice. But my friends, I want to let you know that... You can't worship what or who you don't know. You can't worship what or who you don't know. And it was only when I made an adult decision in college to say yes to Jesus that God became king over my life and gave me a new heart. He gave me a new heart. And meeting Jesus was like being given new life. The very essence of my being was transformed. Jesus was the most attractive person I had ever encountered. 
the grace, mercy, compassion, love that he just freely gave everyone. And then he said, oh, Lauren, I'm giving it, I'm offering it to you too. I was like, what? The most attractive person I had ever encountered was Jesus. And he gave me a worshiping heart. He gave me a worshiping heart. So with this new worshiping heart, I decided, okay, why don't I go see what else is out there? Let's go look at other churches and look at different ways people worship. And wow, my eyes were open to the reality that people worship God in a lot of different ways, right? Even in this church building alone, there are numerous expressions of worship, and I love it. I geek out about it. I love it. When you are free, you are free to worship God. You are free to worship God when you are free. And if your style is more of a cerebral, devout approach, hey, you are welcome here. If your style is that you find yourself on your hands and knees crying out to God, you are welcome here. All styles worshiping God in freedom. So a worshiping church is a church that knows God as Savior. That's our third fill-in. Look at verse 4. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. We have the opportunity to take communion later in the service. It will be a moment for us to remember who God is and what he has done through the person of Jesus as our Savior. As our Savior. You might find yourself looking around and just saying, what drives these people at Seacoast Vineyard? What drives them? And to answer that really simply is that the mighty work of Christ at the cross drives us. The mighty work of Christ at the cross compels us, motivates us, moves us, propels us to worship God as our Savior and King. All right, corporate worship is where a lot of us get amped up in here, right? I see you. I know who you are. And to see you guys interact with this salvation that has freely been given to you and to see you worship that, that God, our God, in that way propels me into deeper corporate and private worship. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, overall worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle to be lived, not just an event we attend, but let's all agree in the context of this series as a worshiping local church, as a learning church, that to worship is worship honoring God. As a learning church, that means we don't have it all together when it comes to worship. We haven't arrived when it comes to worship. We don't know it all when it comes to worship. So we posture ourselves in a learning way. We posture ourselves in a way where we say, we just want to know more of who God is. And that will infuse us deeper into corporate worship. So where are we going as a local worshiping church? If you were here last Sunday, you may have noticed something a little different. We sang a worship song in Spanish. Why did we do that? For most of us, that's not our native tongue. But let's check out this heavenly scene from Scripture out in the book of Revelation. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the lamb, the lamb representing Jesus. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. That's Revelation 7, 9. Okay, I hate to spoil the ending for you. 
but I'm going to because that's how this book ends. That's how the Bible ends. It ends in global worship, worship, giving honor and praise and glory to God. It ends in worship. The book of Revelation gives us a picture of how our story intersects with the purposes of God. A great multitude from every corner worshiping God. And that, that's where we as a local church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, that is where we are going. A great multitude, every corner worshiping God. And one way we do worship is by responding to God through singing. I love to sing. I love singing. I just don't really have that gift of singing. Okay, so I take full advantage when I'm in my car, blasting my jams. No worry, don't worry, no one is in the car. But I just sing, right? And it drowns my voice out. And you guys are looking at me like, oh, she doesn't have other gifts. I've got some other gifts, okay? Don't worry. <laughs> but I just celebrate my brothers and sisters who do have that gift of singing. Like the youth up here, awesome. Rock stars, thank you guys. Thank you, it's awesome. So have you ever wondered, why do we sing happy birthday to our loved ones on their day of birth? Why do sports enthusiasts chant, yell, scream, lift their arms at events or games? Or have you ever wondered why people hum or whistle when life seems to be delightful and pleasant? Music. Music is a beautiful gift that God created. Do I think that music has gotten off track? Yeah, sure, that's just a different day, different sermon. Colossians 1.16 says that all things were created by him and for him. Colossians 1.16 does not say, oh, yeah, some things were created by him. Yes, some things were created for him. No, it says all things by him, all things for him. So remember, a worshiping church is a church that knows God as creator, knows God as king, and knows God as savior. Okay, with all that being said, we here at Seacoast Vineyard are not trying to get you to do something. We want to help you Get overwhelmed by who God is. We want you to get overwhelmed by who God is. We have an incredibly talented worship team that rotates every Sunday. They serve multiple services. And God is using them on Sunday mornings as a vehicle to help us get overwhelmed by who God is. Do you guys get that? They're a vehicle to help us get overwhelmed by who God is through singing. So worship team gets up here on Sunday mornings. These guys aren't performing. They're not performing. As someone that is not so musically inclined, this might be helpful in this situation. But the focus is not the music. The focus is God. We have a lot of great musicians in this church. And I know that might be a little harder for you. But the focus is not the music. The focus is God. We sing together as a response. We sing together as we react. Singing provides a unique joining of biblical content 
and emotional assent. When those two things join the party, my friends, that party don't stop. A unique joining of biblical content and emotional assent. As a worshiping learning church, that means when we admit our need, we acknowledge we don't know it all, and that just propels us deeper into corporate worship. Just like we all did the wave earlier, right? We did that together, and together is where we are going. Together is where we are going. We want worship at Seacoast Vineyard to not be passive. We want worship to be an invitation to participate. And our prayer is that in these moments, when we come on Sunday mornings to worship, that our worship would already be an overflow of our worshiping life outside of Sunday mornings. So Jesus and worship go hand in hand. Today is Communion Sunday. Today is Communion Sunday. You should have received one of these packets coming in. Let me explain it to you. They're a little hard to open sometimes. But the wafer inside is to represent the bread, and the grape juice is to represent Christ's blood, and you can peel that back. And I invite all of you to stand as we take communion together. If you don't have one, could you raise your hand high, nice and high, and someone will get you one. Keep it raised. So everyone is welcome to take communion here. We do not have a closed table, okay? In Scripture, we find that Jesus shared his Passover meal with his best friends, with his most intimate crowd. The night before he was arrested and betrayed. And so he taught his disciples that the Passover meal was a sign that pointed to him. He was the lamb who would shed his blood for us. and His body would be broken for us. And so as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And you can take the wafer that is representing bread. He took it. He blessed it. He broke it, and he said to his disciples, this is my body for you. This is broken for you. So take and eat the bread in remembrance of Jesus. Then he took the cup, and the the juice represents the cup. He said, this is my blood, and this is my new covenant. This is my new covenant. So he took it, he blessed it, and he gave it to his disciples. And so drink this in remembrance of what Jesus did for us. My friends, we actually cannot help but be overwhelmed by who God is when we remember communion. It causes us to be moved, propelled, motivated by the grace and mercies of Jesus So I want to invite the worship team to come on up. And so my invitation for you all today is when you worship, would you worship as though you have a new idea of who God is? And remember the remember what Jesus did for you on the cross. 
And we invite you to participate as a local worshiping church because we are going somewhere as a local worshiping church. So let's worship, church. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.